the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch! He's in a 10, 5, doubles in the end zone, touchdown! Colts coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson! That's a sack for Kenny Moore! Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. The horseshoe is back, baby! The horseshoe is back! Welcome back to another edition of the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your host, as always, Cody Fugger. Joining me, as always, Derek Larger. We hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. We hope you guys have a Happy New Year as well as 2019 closes out. Derek, how was your Christmas? Uh, It was pretty good, Cody. Uh, I can't complain. You know, just got to spend time with family. Got a bunch of really cool gifts that I asked for. Uh, You know, it's just another great Christmas all around. Can't complain, man. Just another great day to remember Jesus and to spend time with the things that matter most. And uh, I can't complain, man. Absolutely. And you got some, some culture related things. And I saw you got a Christmas ornament, got some other things. What were some of your favorite presents from 2019 Christmas? Well, I got two different Colts ornaments. Uh, One of them was the Colts blimp that I posted on Twitter. So if anyone didn't see it, please be sure to check that out is really cool it's actually a collector's item so it's really uh a really valuable thing but i got that i got a indianapolis colts polo an official nfl gear indianapolis colts polo which i'm definitely going to use for when i go to training camp next year so i'm gonna use that Uh, a bunch of cool colt stuff i didn't get the the Quint, uh, Quentin Nelson's House of Pancakes shirt that I wanted. But other than that, that's the only thing I didn't get cults related. Yeah, well, that's good. It was weird for me. Like, I didn't get anything cults related, I think, for the first time, like, in a Christmas in a long time. Um, cause I got all the stuff I really wanted. So, um, but the good news is I got a new mic, a new road mic, similar to yours, Derek. And, uh, that's, this is the first time testing this thing out. So hopefully the sound quality is a little bit better. This is a really, really good mic from what you said, Derek. So I'm really hoping that, uh, the sound quality goes up for the podcast and that this is another way to, to improve and slightly improve. And that's kind of what we always do. And, uh, we were always looking for ways to improve. Hopefully we can get a camera again and we can get some, uh, maybe some what we we tried out a couple weeks ago a couple months ago with just you know kind of doing face-to-face type things um like recording ourselves actually like talking Uh, i just don't have a great camera right now so hopefully i can invest in one of those as i you know now i'm looking for a job and so hopefully once i get that kind of get settled a little bit i can invest into one of those but right um but yeah so so with this derek as you know we're recording this on um, December 30th. So only a couple days away now from the new year. And, uh, I thought that we could do this thing. My friend, Zach Hicks, um, he's, he's over there at stampooblue.com. He's been on the podcast. He's a friend of the show. He, uh, he, he had, he listed these categories out. I believe it was about three days ago. Now, I mean, he listed out all these categories, um, for the Colts in 2019, uh, seven categories, actually. Um, the first one, team MVP, team offensive player of the year, team defensive player of the year, team rookie of the year, breakout player, most 
or biggest disappointment and most underrated player. So of these seven categories, that's kind of what I want to have our, you know, our podcast based on off of our predictions. I know a lot of people gave their different takes. I gave my take. I don't know if you gave your take, Derek. We kind of wanted to walk through our take of these seven categories for the Colts moving forward. Obviously, there's a lot of work ahead. The Colts finished seven and nine. Not ideal. Um, they have a lot of work ahead of them on both sides of the ball. Uh, but we wanted to look look back before we look ahead to the next season and kind of look at, you know, despite the disappointing season, a lot of craziness this season, there were a lot of good things that came out of this season. So yeah. a lot of good players that, you know, some broke out, some we already knew were good and continued to play good. Um, but I thought that this was a, this would be a good thing. Um, and And I think there's, you know, our opinions have changed for sure since we talked about this stuff. I think we had a podcast earlier in the summer where we kind of talked sort of like this stuff before. And so it, mm-hmm. it's just kind of an updated version of that, if you will. So um, we'll start with team MVP, Derek, for my team MVP, I had Quentin Nelson and I don't think you can go wrong with Quentin Nelson. I mean, he's another pro bowl, his second consecutive pro bowl selection, potentially all pro didn't miss a game this season. I know he was, he was potentially questionable for that Jacksonville game, but you know, he beat the concussion. he, he was able to be out there, and he played all 16 games. Again, he's never missed a game in his career in his two years with the Colts now. And so he's my tem- team MVP because he's just such a good player. Um, and I think that guard, a lot of people don't think about it, how much of an impact uh, one player has on an offensive line. But I think ever since Quentin Nelson was drafted number six overall in 2018, he's just shown time and time again that he, is worth, he was worth that draft capital. He was worth taking him so high. And so – for me, that's, you know, there could be a couple different players, but for me, he is my team MVP. Yeah, I am going to completely agree with you there. There's, it, it was a tough one between Quentin and Darius, but like mm-hmm. you mentioned with the, the not missing a game this season, Quentin Nelson, even though there were a few times where he had to get taken out because of a few injuries, he still either made his way back into the game or started and then played the next game. Uh, there was that, Injury he sustained, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, where he kept having to come out of. I think it was the the other. It was either the other Jacksonville game or it was something else. I can't remember which game it was. But then, like you said, he beat the concussion this last week and was able to play there. And look, if you people really want to understand why a guard is the MVP of this team, just go watch the tape. Please go watch the tape. It's real. It never lies. And don't just watch from the start of the play to the end of when the ball goes down, watch, watch Quentin Nelson after the play happens, watch what he does when he picks up his teammates, when he's always the first one to come pick up his teammate and pick him up off the ground. See where the tenacity and the angriness of this offensive line was before he got there to where it is. Now he has completely changed the culture of that offensive line and it is changing how the offense works. That's exactly why he deserves to be the MVP because he is changing the way that this team plays on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And you're talking about a complete culture change. Like if you wonder what the Colts offensive line was like before Quentin Nelson got there, it was a pretty much a disaster. I mean, these guys are getting pushed around, letting their quarterback get hit, take hits all the time, really didn't take pride. You know, Derek, when I, I remember listening years ago, um, I think it was Jeff Saturday or one of those guys from the Peyton Manning era. I mean, they said they took pride on keeping their quarterback clean. They took pride on not having their quarterback be hit. 
And I think that's the kind of mentality that Quentin Nelson brings to this offensive line. And truth is really just to this team. Like I mean, yes. you see him, like even on those plays, like, you know, player gets out of bounds. Who's the first player running up there, helping helping his teammate up. It's Quentin Nelson. He's just that type of guy, that locker room guy. And I think, you know, with, with offensive linemen as a former offensive lineman myself, you don't get a lot of credit, but when you do, I mean, that is amazing. Like, Mm-hmm. He deserves to get the credit that he is getting. I mean, he is just that type of player, and he could probably play anywhere. But he's you know an All Pro every year at guard, and he should be an All Pro for you know a decade more, if not more. And so yeah. for me, yeah, he's the team offensive MVP for me. I guess not offensive, just overall team MVP for me. Quentin Nelson mm-hmm. definitely takes the cake, and he's durable as well, which you talked about, Derek already. You know the best avail- the best ability is availability and Quentin Nelson has been available and he has been good for the Colts and he's only get, getting better which is crazy I don't yes. know if you heard him in the press conference in his comp press conference um you know his kind of like end of the season press conference he was talking about all these different things about how to improve and we've talked about this time and time again on this podcast like that's the kind of player you want a player who was an all pro type player probably the <laughs> best player arguably at his position and mm-hmm. he's still finding things that he wants to improve on. And that's, you know, that's contagious for a team, and, you know, and not to mention with, yeah, when in topping off of that, it's somebody asked him what, uh, how he felt about, you know, the having to, you know, learn from this and being an all potential all pro again and going to the pro bowl. They're asking him about that. He kept repeating himself saying that I I'm just excited to, you know, perfect my craft even more on the off season. I'm ready to work hard, learn some new things, get even better. That is, we, we, uh, we praise Darius Leonard so much for saying it. Let's give credit where credit's due to Quentin Nelson, who continues to improve. Everyone kept saying, how can Quentin Nelson get any better from what he was in year one? I mean, he certainly, I don't know how much better he's gotten, but he certainly did not get any worse. He was, he was potentially the same, if not a little bit better and more effective in the way he blocked, especially in his run blocking. Cause we always knew he was good there, but yeah, I mean, Quentin Nelson, this dude has completely changed how this offensive line does things and how this team is now looking at things and the attitude that these players are now playing with that's coming off of Quentin Nelson right now. Yeah. And moving on to the offensive player of the year for us, you couldn't go. I couldn't go with, you know, I could have gone with Quentin Nelson, but I wanted to go with another guy who had a breakout year and that's Marlon Mack. I mean, this is a guy that we knew how good he was at the beginning of the year. The question was, was he going to be available for how many games was he going to be available? Is he going to be available for 13 games, 14 games? Um, he did miss a couple games there with, um, with that injury, but with a hand injury, but you know, overall I thought that he, you know, you know, when he was in there, he was effective. And I mean, he had over a thousand yards, the first Colts running back to do it since Frank Gore in 2016. And uh, he also added eight touchdowns. I mean, some of his numbers were slightly down a little bit. Um, that being his touchdowns. I mean, last year he had nine touchdowns and also um, his yards per carry. He was 4.4 this year as opposed to 4.7 last year. But, you know, it's kind of to be expected, I think, a little bit, Derek, especially with teams really honing in on that run game. I mean, cause the Colts were, I think they were, they finished probably top five, you know, maybe top five. I know they were top five going to that Jacksonville game. I, and I think they ran for over a hundred yards against, so they're probably in the top five still. Um, but you know, nonetheless, the Colts finished top five, top 10, top 10 in the NFL. Um, 
and teams knew the Colts can't throw the ball. I mean, they weren't throwing yeah, the ball right. well pretty much all year, and uh, so they had to hone in. So it's kind of to be expected the yards per carry would go down a little bit, but Marlon Mack was still very productive, and he was with the Colts and when he was in there. And so, uh, you know, Marlon Mack gets my Offensive Player of the Year award. Who gets yours, Derek? You know, I was half tempted to give this to Zach Pascal, but Pascal didn't really get a lot of time early to show what he could do. I think this one's pretty apparent that Marlon Mack being the first rushing, uh, the first time him getting 1,000 yard rushing season is exactly what he set out to do. And he was very effective. And what he did this year, he basically got us a lot. He kept us in a lot of big games. We obviously go back to the first two games of the season where he was currently on pace to rush for 1,800 yards if he had kept that pace up and then obviously we remember when we went into arrowhead and beat the chiefs off of marlon max 130 yard game i mean the kid has been phenomenal he was a workhorse this year put in so many bad situations because the offense was not prolific and you know that ultimately falled on the shoulders of marlon mack and as much as i hate to say it you know obviously it got worse as the season went along because teams just realized that we were just going to try to run the ball. And, you know, Marlon Mack never complained, just went out there, did his job, got his 1,000-yard season like he said he was going to and like we thought could happen. And this, it, it, he just continued to show he's going to be a reliable back for us. And he's been relatively healthy given the circumstances. So hopefully we get a little bit more of a – prolific offensive pass threat then Marlon Mack's numbers could potentially continue to go up if knowing that defenses are going to have to con- contribute to pass coverage rather than just stopping the run right for sure and that that's huge like even you know you look back at so many teams like <laughs> it's kind of amazing to me Derek that the Colts couldn't run the ball like back when Andrew Luck was their quarterback because I mean like he is a threat all the time and the fact that the Colts couldn't get a running back, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Um, but yeah, so Marlon Mack gets mine. He's definitely, you know, I think he definitely showed something again, continued to show that he's the lead back. It's kind of wild to me, Derek. This is kind of off topic. It's kind of wild to me that people, do you remember people who were clamoring for Le'Veon Bell this last off season mm-hmm. and Marlon Mack just really just <laughs> silenced all the critics. And I mean, the Colts mm-hmm. really, you look at it now. I mean, they have four legitimate running backs that they could roll with and, that's one of the few positions I think that the Colts probably don't need to address. And so um, Marlon Mag gets fine, but really the Colts running backs would probably get my MVP overall if we were looking at position group in particular, which we're not going to. So that's a little bit of a bonus for you guys. But um, so moving on to team defensive player of the year. I mean, I think this one's pretty obvious. Darius Leonard gets it for me and Leonard again, he missed a couple games, but he still posted pretty good numbers for him. I mean, 121 tackles, five sacks, which is down a couple from last year, but he also had five interceptions, which I think could potentially show a little bit of his coverage skills. I mean, I know that was kind of the question for him, Um, Mm -hmm. but he, you know, he's just a ball hawk too as a linebacker and he had five interceptions this year in 2019. Um, Another pro he actually made the pro bowl this year. He didn't get snubbed, which is awesome. And you know, who knows maybe an all pro for Darius Leonard as well, but you know, he's just the heart and soul of that defense I know that defense had some games where they looked really, really dominant, and then they had games where they looked really, really bad. But, you know, through it all, Darius Leonard has been very good. He's been very good ever since the Colts drafted him in the second round in 2018. 
He's continuously shown that he is def- was definitely a, the steal of that draft. Um, and he continues to grow and continues to play well. Um, Derek, I'm assuming you're probably going to say the same, but do you have anybody that uh, maybe could uh, shake it up a little bit or are you going to stick with Darius Leonard? Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say Darius Leonard here. It, it's it's quite easy for a lot of us to say who offensive and defensive players of the year are when we take into account you know stats and the the impact that they have on this season, given what the season came out to, it's quite obvious who those people are. It's going to be quite interesting, though, who we're going to pick for these next four, because these next four, you could really add a few more names to this. But you're right. Darius Leonard, even with missing those three games, you know, in these these two seasons and what is it now? 26 games for him. He or 28 games. He has. 29 games. It's 29 games. It's been, he has 280 tackles, over 280 tackles. That is phenomenal. Almost 10 tackles a game. It's phenomenal what he does and just being everywhere on the field. He had five interceptions this year. There are only two guys in the NFL this season that have more interceptions than Darius Leonard. And trust me, none of them are linebackers. They're not linebackers. So, I mean, the impact that Darius Leonard has on this defense when he's out there is just phenomenal. He just makes the big play. This Colts defense in general seemed to me like they were making a lot more turnovers this season. I don't know if that kind of stood out to you a little bit more this season, but when you kind of look at this defense, they were a little more opportunistic and they made a couple more turnovers than what I'm used to seeing. But Darius Leonard, again, was just phenomenal again this year with the interceptions and obviously forcing some fumbles and pretty much averaging nine tackles a game. I mean, Darius Leonard is just a beast. And again, to think he's in his second season with the Colts and he's only going to get better with this young and really good linebacker core that he has. I am really happy to say that Darius Leonard is going to be with us for quite a while. Yeah, and I mean, he did that. He had 121 tackles, five sacks, five interceptions, and he missed three games. And so what you can only imagine what would have happened if Darius Leonard played 16 games. Still phenomenal. You know, even if he played 16 games, that's pheno- a phenomenal stat um, in 13 games, what Darius Leonard did. And so if he can play 16 games, man, he could be breaking some records. So that's very, very exciting. Uh, the next guy, the next category, I should say on my list, team rookie of the year. We might, I, I think we might differ on this one, Derek. My my team rookie of the year was probably Kari Willis. Um, okay. and, and Kari Willis, man, like he kind of came out of, talking about coming out of nowhere. I mean, drafted in the fourth round. I mean, I think when he was initially drafted, I thought, okay, he's probably not going to see the field much this year. Maybe he'll he'll work in some special teams, get a few reps, and continue. You know, maybe next year in twenty twenty, he'll supplement. Uh, he's a plant, I should say, supplant Clayton Mathers for that strong safety position, but. Kari Willis came and he he saw that opportunity and he took it and he started nine games for the Colts, played in 14 games. He had 71 tackles. He was very, very good as a rookie for the Colts, a very good value pick in that fourth round. I mean, he played in 14 games. Um, so, you know, he missed that last final Jacksonville game. But, I mean, overall, he, I think he, for me, was probably the steal. If I had a category for the Colts steal of the draft, he would be there. And he's probably, <laughs> honestly, the rookie that I would say was the rookie of the year for the Colts in 2019. Yeah, you and I differ a little bit here. Uh, Zach did some results here, and he said that 
the guy who he picked or the fans that voted on his thing picked that was slightly ahead of Kahari Willis, who I'm going to pick is Bobby Okariki. Mm, Look, I I know that there's, I know that when we're looking at like impact of what they were all doing this year, uh, I think Kahari made a little bit bigger impact in the secondary, given the unfortunate circumstance that they had to deal with. But when you're in that linebacker core with Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker, that is a lot of pressure to live up to the expectation of having to be right with them, do what they need you to do and make plays, right? I saw as this season progressed, Bobby Okariki was making a lot more plays and being in the right position a lot more of the time. And I think he was very, very good, not only in pass coverage, but in making plays on the run as well. He he just looked like he fit with the Darius Leonard, Anthony Walker status of being quick and being in the right spot when it mattered. I think Bobby Okariki being as a rookie, being in the third round and, you know, everyone was asking about his, you know, his status of what was going on at Stanford before this. Everyone was like, oh, you know, should we draft this guy? Can you rely on him? And he's a Stanford product. We're going to see how he fits. I mean, Bobby Okariki has been nothing but great. I mean, he's made plays. He's never really seemed to be out of place, to be completely honest with you. I, I would love to see Bobby Okariki continue to get these snaps. I mean, Pat McAfee said this guy's going to be the future Hall of Famer for us. So, so far, Bobby Okariki looks like he's in a, a good position to do that. So, I, I liked what I saw from Okariki this year. To be in, in, in my opinion, the most difficult spot on that defense this year, having to be right next to Darius Leonard, who was the best linebacker in football that last year, and having to fill that role I think he did a phenomenal job and I can't wait to see him get more snaps. Yeah. He was a guy, man, that I actually was fortunate enough to interview, uh, be part of his interview when I went down to Colts training camp this last year. Um, and one thing that I noticed about Okariki that I think is really valuable for the Colts is he's a very versatile linebacker. Like mm-hmm. they were asking him like, Bobby, where are you going to play at? Are you going to play at the same? Are you going to play at the mic? Where are you going to play? And he said, I'll play anywhere. You know, I can play anywhere and play it well. And he's shown this year he can do that. I think, you know, he started, I believe he started eight games this year. So he put in some, some good time, um, put in some good, got some good reps and he's a good player. It looks like. And so the Colts are pretty set at linebacker as well. I mean, they, when you look at it, they got Darius Leonard, you know, pro bowler, all pro, you know, Anthony Walker, who's a very underrated player, a very good player. Uh, can't, it's crazy to believe he was a fifth round pick. He's, he's been very, very good for the Colts. And also now you throw in Okariki. So the Colts have, you know, the Colts have these type of players now uh, that yeah. they can build with. And, and you even saw a little bit of VJ Speed in the preseason. You never know what's going to happen with that guy. I mean, he played really, yeah. really well in the preseason. And he just didn't really get any run in the regular season. I mean, he wasn't supposed to. So um, the Colts have some guys that they can build with. Okariki is definitely a guy that they can build with. And um, so, I, you know, I can definitely see what, what you're, where you're coming from, Derek. But uh, the reason why I didn't have Okariki as my team rookie of the year was because I had him as my breakout player. Um, gotcha. You know, he was my breakout player because, I mean, like, you know, all the stuff we just mentioned. I mean, he had a sack, two forced fumbles, started nine games. I mean, he 
he was consistently good for the Colts. And he also had, I believe, that picks pick two, I guess, if you want to call it, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, on that one play, he had the interception on the two point conversion. Um, and he's just he just was making plays as a rookie. And that's what you kind of have to do, especially if you're playing across from an all pro player, generational type player like Darius Leonard. I mean, yeah, Bobby Okariki, I think, played very, very well, considering all the circumstances. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, for breakout. Yeah, that was another thing that I could have potentially had Bobby Okariki for. I'm going to go with something. I doubt a lot of people have actually said this, but given what. Colts media said about him before this season started. And I kind of questioned how much he was going to contribute to this team before this. My breakout player for this year was Justin Houston. And Mm. I think that surprises, that'll surprise a lot of people because they're going to say, Oh, well, you know, Justin Houston, you know, he's on the D line. I mean, another defensive player. Yeah. But we, he had the second most sacks in a season with us this year than he had when with his breakout year when he had 20 sacks that year uh, uh really way back uh I don't even remember how many years it was but I believe it was we, 2014. Yeah, it was 2014, that's right. But how much of Colts media actually thought he was going to reach over 10 sacks? I certainly didn't. I didn't think he would do that. I thought, you know, he's going to be that seven and a half to eight sacks. You know, he's not going to get to play a lot. They're going to want to save him. I think they would have done that a lot more had, you know, obviously the injuries to our defensive line early in the season, especially to our young guys. Obviously those injuries forced Justin Houston to play a lot more. And given the circumstance of Andrew Luck not playing, the, uh, the defense was on the field a lot more than what we needed him to be. So he had to play a lot more, but with the way that he just carried himself, he provided some big play material in games that we needed him, especially against his former team when he had that sack and he had that big fourth down stop against the Kansas city chiefs in arrowhead. He just, that, let everybody in the NFL know, Hey, I'm still here. I'm still good. Bring me in here. And I loved it. I loved seeing Justin Houston have one of his best seasons of his career. When you look at it from a sack standpoint and an impact standpoint, I think he's happy to be in a four, three system. He says that he kind of likes that a little more. So he doesn't have to play in coverage. He can just do what he likes to do, which is go after the quarterback and he certainly did that this year. He provided something that he provided something that we were missing from most other players on the on the on the D line this year, which was getting pressure on the quarterback. And that's what he provided. So that's why he was my breakout this year. Yeah, that's that's a good player for a breakout. And I think when people think of breakout player, I think you typically think of young guys, you know, guys that have got drafted and haven't really done anything. And then they have a season where they really, really play well and they kind of establish mm-hmm. themselves as one of the top players in the league. That's what I always think of, at least when I think of breakout players. But, you know, I, I think that is that's fair. You know, Justin Houston came in and nobody really knew what he was going to provide. I think yeah. some fans kind of looked at it and thought, you know, aging pass rusher. We've seen this before, you know, think back to 
when the Colts were, you know, projected to go to the Super Bowl years ago, when they they had that, you know, they brought in Andre Johnson, they brought in Todd Harriman, they brought in some of these guys, and they also brought in Trent Cole. I think you can get some PS, PTSD of that. Like, yeah, oh know, no, right? it's, it's going to be that type of player again, where Trent Cole had like like two sacks the entire season. Right. Um, and I, I think that that's fair. Um, but you know, he ended the season with eleven sacks and the first Colt to post double digit sacks since Eric Walden, and so. Um, it's been a couple of years since the Colts have missed that. And really, you know, you think besides Eric Walden, like they, they haven't really had a guy like Justin Houston since Robert Mathis retired. And it's right. been a while. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I think Justin Houston was definitely probably Chris Ballard's best free agent signing this last year. And I think he definitely deserves to be on that list for breakout player. Okay, so um, the next thing we're going to do, um, so Zach kind of had it listed as biggest, just, biggest disappointment and most underrated player. Yeah, um, and I think I'll probably do the biggest disappointment last. So we'll move to the most underrated player, and for me, that's Anthony Costanzo. And and I, I don't know if you guys heard the you know, if you've been on Twitter today or social media today, you probably heard the rumors about Anthony Costanzo. Not quite sure what's next for him. I mean, this is a contract year. His contract expires this year. He's, mm-hmm. he's going to be 32 years old, and you know all these things, and he's just kind of weighing right now. You know, what's my future? You know, is it? You know, Chris Ballard and Frank Reich have made it pretty clear, like, you, we want you to be our left tackle. But ultimately, man, it's up to Anthony Costanzo. And, and he's the kind of player, I think he's kind of cut from the same cloth as Andrew Luck. Like, he's a guy that, you know, he loves football, but, like, he also has other interests outside of football. And so mm-hmm. um, Anthony Costanzo, he's, he's so important to this Colts offensive line. And I think he's the most unappreciated guy, probably most unappreciated left tackle in the league. I mean, when you think of – the elite of left tackles are really good left tackles. I don't really think a lot of people typically think Anthony Costanzo, but you know, I think he had probably one of his best seasons. He's had the past couple of years, some of his best seasons as a Colt. And I think he's just so important to what the Colts do offensively. Um, and we've talked about Anthony Costanzo before on this podcast. Like you made the statement, Derek, I don't think if you went out and tried to replace Costanzo, you could do it really. Like he is just yeah. one of those players, unless you get, an elite elite player like i don't think you can replace costanzo that easily so yeah um no he he for me is the most underrated player because he just does so much he allows you to do so much and you know andrew luck didn't have to worry about his blind side even though he had to worry about every other position on the offensive line um he didn't didn't have to worry about his blind side because anthony costanzo has been there for years now i mean he was drafted in 2011 to protect peyton manning and then he just he actually was uh, he actually protected Andrew Luck for all those years, and he was the only player that actually tried and actually did that. So Costanzo right. makes it for me. Do you have a somebody who you think is the most underrated player for the Colts? You know, I was honestly about to go with Anthony Costanzo, but you kind of took the words out of my mouth there. I'm probably going to go with somebody else. But, yeah, going <laughs> off of what you stated with the Costanzo rumors, yeah, he stated, you know, I have some thinking to do. Uh they pretty much have stated that there he wasn't really saying like oh you know i'm i'm not considering coming back of course that's not true i'm just saying you know i there's some things in motion i am getting up there in age i'm just trying to weigh my options here but i will say this with costanzo's not had the injury history right that we've seen of andrew luck so that's not the issue i'm worried about costanzo was healthy all year long. He said this is the healthiest he's felt since being draft being drafted pretty much. So I'm not worried about his health. That's not what I'm worried about. I don't think his age 
is what's making him wonder. What I think is bringing this about is whether or not he believes he's going to get paid the money that he feels he is required. Because like I said, and I'm going to continue to say this, Anthony Costanzo is easily a top five left tackle in the NFL right now. And statistics back that up easily. So you have to pay a guy that's that good. So, I mean, we already know that Chris Ballard's going to have to pay Darius Leonard next year. He's going to have to pay Quentin Nelson next year. We already know that, you know, Costanzo, we're not going to give him a long-term deal because he's getting up there in age. And even though he feels healthy, you don't give a guy that's going to be 32 a contract that big, even at offensive line. And I, I was one of those people that, you know, I've been talking with people on Twitter all the time about these offensive linemen that we have as free agents that we need to continue to bring Haig back and we need to bring Costanzo back because these are pivotal points in our offense that need to be addressed and they need to stay as long as possible. If, and of course, I'm sure Ballard and Reich have talked to him numerous times and said, of course we want you back because you've been productive. You have done nothing but be great for us. And of course we want to bring you back. I think Costanzo's just wondering, okay, you say that. Now where's my where's my money? Where's my money to prove to me that you're willing to keep me around? Uh, mm-hmm. How much is Chris Ballard going to give him? I don't know. If it were me, I'm, dude, I'm bringing in the two to three year deal and I'm paying him a really pretty penny because he did he even miss a snap all season? I don't think he did. Probably I don't ever know. remember him going down. I know Quentin Nelson went down for a few times and Ryan Kelly did and and Braden Smith did, but I never saw Costanzo really get hurt at all. Mm-mm. I mean, he's, he's been like been, that like his whole career, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he's been really good. That's what I'm saying. I don't think the health is the issue, uh, whether or not it's going to be that. I hope the Colts do bring him back. But anyway, to my disappoint or to my underrated player, I'm going to go with Kenny Moore. Now, mm, yeah. I'm going with him for not the sake of Indianapolis media, but the sake of the national media. The the statistics back this up that Kenny Moore is the best slot corner in all of football, right? It's stats. And then every single time he misses a game, the Colts secondary struggles tremendously when he's not on the field. Tremendously. Even more though, so when Pierre Desir is off. It, if Kenny Moore is there, it makes it even better for them still. It, he is so underrated by the national media that – it's laughable sometimes the way they talk about him. So that's why he's my underrated player. When you look at just stats, but you never really quite hear his name that often. But when you look at the stats, the stats completely back it up that he's out there and he is being productive, even though his numbers aren't quite showing it. Right. And that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he is so underrated and, you know, I just think that, you know, I don't know why, like for whatever reason, like a lot of Colts players are underrated. Like if you don't have a top quarterback in the league, you're, you don't really get talked about. And so that's kind of what the yep. Colts were this year. And that's kind of how it's been. Um, okay. So moving on now to our biggest disappointments. Um, I actually had two guys that I listed, but I'll talk about one of them. My two guys. I think I Mark know Kowalski. who they are. 
Mark Glowinski, Danica Autry were my two guys. Huh. You could also throw Marcus Hunt in there as well. Um, but I'm going to go with Autry because because we have talked up Autry. I specifically have talked up Autry a lot. I mean, he had nine sacks last year, and he didn't even play all 16 games. I was like, okay, this guy is going to break out this year. He's going to have double-digit sacks. And he, when he was on the field in 2018, he was so productive. And I flopped and I failed. And that was, you know, I mean, I guess Danico Autry failed and he did not even come close to expectations. But for my prediction, I will say I am wrong because I will eat my words. He did not do anything. I mean, I think he had three and a half sacks the whole year. I mean, he just was not a factor at all. And uh, yeah, it sucks. He played 14 games. I mean, it was just kind of a disaster, honestly. It did, he didn't do anything the whole year. Three and a half sacks the whole year. Um, you know, he he had less sacks in more games this year than he did last year, I believe. And mm-hmm. and so he just was a major disappointment. I was like, man, where was this guy we saw last year who just was unblockable? Like yeah. he just was like nowhere. He he didn't do anything. Didn't block field goals. Didn't block extra points. Didn't do anything this year that he did in 2018 um and he's getting up there in age now so i don't think i think that was probably just an outlier season i don't know what happened that season that he was so productive but he just completely fell back to earth this year and so he is definitely my biggest disappointment who is yours Derek? he took the words out of my mouth right there i i've seen a lot of different answers to this one Uh, i've seen a lot of different answers honestly uh anyone that i saw a bunch of names on Twitter that people were saying were bus. I mentioned on Twitter again for a bunch of people who people keep saying are bus. You, you, everybody knows my opinion on that. But anyway, yeah, Danico Autry is completely the biggest bust on the team there. I mean, it, some people have the opinion of Eric Ebron, but I also have the option of saying that J- Jacoby Brissett was the one throwing in the football and Brian mm-hmm. Hoyer for a game or two as well. So right. I can make that argument. But Danico Autry, there is nothing for you. There's nothing for you. You had 10, you had nine sacks last year, bro. You were you were this close, man, to the double digits. You were there. You were there. You were the next bit. You were the impressive free agent that nobody talked about at the beginning of the year. But then when you started producing, you were the holy grail of free agents that Chris Browler brought in. And then this year we're like, oh, well, he can at least replicate that, right? He's going to have <laughs> other people on the defensive line that they're going to have to contribute to. Obviously, we saw that, you know, Justin Houston being added to the line and some other players, Jabal Sheard still being there. There, It, it only made sense that Danico Autry would get some good plays though, right? Well, in the first four games, he had two sacks. It was like, Oh, okay. Well, okay. that's pretty good. You know, he's he's getting pressure. We're off to a decent start. And then over the last 12 games, he's been hurt consistently and then continued to just not gain pressure at all on anyone. It's remarkably sad that, you know, we put such high expectations on him and then that's ultimately what happened. So, yeah, the biggest disappointment for me, like you said, it's going to be Danico Autry for me. Yeah, and some people were just like, well, I said Marcus Hunt, I said this player, I said that player. For for me, it was the expectations that I had put on this player. Like, you know, when we you think all of like a Marcus there. Hunt. I mean, we what, all that? put him there. We all put yeah. him in that pedestal that, you know, he was going to at least get around the same number of sacks. 
Right. And it's just like, maybe it was just, maybe he just needed a change of scenery. Well, I guess not. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, when you know, it's like, I don't know. For me, I'm just like putting my hands on my face, just like face palming right now. And that's just yeah. kind of the definition of this cult season. I mean, it's just been like such high expectations. And then it just all comes crashing down and reality hits. And we're like, wow, we weren't as good as we thought we were. Uh, and there's a lot of factors into that injuries, Andrew Luck, all that stuff. But it's just been one of those years. And I think Danico Autry um, just being the biggest disappointment. It was just, you know, another kind of kick to the groin a little bit, honestly, mm-hmm. for what we thought this season could be. I mean, we were talking Super Bowl. We were talking number one seed. We were talking all these things. And seven and nine, 13th overall pick is where we ended up. And so Colts have a lot of work to do. They have a lot of things to figure out. Uh, including Danico Watry and Marcus Hunt. And they have a lot of work to do this offseason to be considered contenders. And who knows, maybe we'll get a quarterback this year. Uh, wouldn't put Jacoby Brissett on that list um, as a biggest disappointment because I think he was kind of what we thought he was. I mean, he was exceeding expectations before at the beginning of the year. Um, and, you know, he just kind of fell back to reality. So I wouldn't have him on that list either. But Derek has just been one of those years, man. Uh, yeah. But it's offseason time. It's, it's free agency draft talk time, um, so we'll definitely have a lot more podcasts talking about that stuff um, in the coming weeks. And uh, but <laughs> I think everybody just needs to take a break from this season. It's been a really weird season because you go from beating the Kansas City Chiefs, now the number two seed, to getting beat by the Miami Dolphins, getting beat by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, getting beat by the Jaguars without like half their team. It's just like it's just come to the point where it's like I'm just not even like shocked. Oh, and you also got to be my Mason Rudolph. I don't want to forget about that. Right. So it's just one of those seasons, Derek, where you're just like you know what could have been, but yeah, uh, can't live in the past. So we got to move forward. But we just wanted to recap kind of this up and down season and yeah. uh, kind of look back. And now we're going to move forward and talking about stuff that's to come. And the future is still very bright for the Colts, yep. even though it kind of looks right now like. Well, this was not what we thought it would be. And so, um, but I think I can speak for most Colts fans. And, you know, for me, it's just like ever since Chris Ballard has come in, I mean, I I felt like I could trust the guy and he's proven time and time again. Yes. He's a human. Yes. He's allowed to make mistakes, believe it or not. Yeah, I know. Right. That's inexcusable for some people. Right. (laughs) Can you believe he drafted a guy that didn't, pan out i mean i can't believe it yeah i mean it almost reminds you of another guy we had before okay whenever whenever people say that i'm like okay just go back and look at ryan grickson's 2013 draft i dare you go back and look at that draft please please (laughs) it's just kind of like guys like that was like a historically awful draft and now if the Colts don't have everybody, you know, if they have a player that ends up being a bust, it's like, oh, is Chris Ballard really it was that good? Bad it's enough. Like, Eric was like, Eric was doing a uh, poll to be like, which draft was the worst of Ryan Grigson's short term with the Colts? Like, the f- sad fact that you had to actually print them out and actually say, oh, he had multiple ones. I can't relate oh, with Chris man. Ballard. I can't can't relate. <laughs> yeah and i'm like okay like chris ballard literally drafted two all pros in the same draft and ryan yeah. Griggs didn't even draft an all pro ever i mean yeah. you could maybe put andrew like andrew luck was close but i mean my grandma could have drafted andrew luck he drafted <laughs> very few he drafted few people who are still in the league Let, yeah. let's oh let's, it was wild 
yeah, it's yeah. contribute that one. It's wild. Yeah. I was like looking a couple years ago, like I think it was like 2016, 2017. I was like, oh my gosh, like the 2013 draft was like only a few years ago. And literally like none of these players are still on the team. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. That draft was historically awful. And I don't even but, know how you can like whiff on every single yeah. player. You're bound to hit one, one guy. One guy. Solid player. But, but hey, you know, know what? We're on to better things now. The, the season's over. I know it wasn't what we wanted. I know. But <laughs> you can spot some good in here. You We're going to have to just get back to the drawing board, get what we need to get done. And I can't wait for this offseason because I'm going to be more into this one than I ever have been. It's going to be fun, man. I'm really Absolutely. excited for this offseason. I think Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, they know what they need to improve on. And in Frank Reich's press conference, he even talked about specifically pointed out the passing offense. So you got to think the Colts are going to take a quarterback and get some offensive help. Um, they still yep. have a lot of work ahead of them, but uh, yep. I think the future's in good hands. So, yep. all right, guys, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it as always. And go Colts.